Thanks for listening to the Unsilent Church podcast. It's tax season at the time of this recording. And as you've probably heard people say, it's the other one of the two things that no one can afford in this life. I'm sure you know the other. But as much as we all have experience with taxes, how much experience do we have understanding the money that we have to pay taxes from? And among the church, at least in some people's experiences, it's kind of been a sort of psychologically polarizing topic. I mean, really, is it okay to get money? We're familiar with a number of things the Bible says about it, but in this conversation, we hoped to carry on a candid discussion about what God's people should understand about making money, the economics around it, and how in the end we might one day create a kind of ecosystem that displays God's will on earth as it is in heaven. Enjoy. All right. Well, uh, back on Unsilent Church podcast uh, with James Wobu, as always, but with uh, two guests. Excited to have them with us. Let's go. Uh, we don't have John Talley. We have the better half. That's right. for sure. I said it. <laughs> he said it. I said it. Celeste Talley, John's wife. Good to have you. Thank um, you. And good. Uh, Celeste, uh, just before I introduce uh, our other guest, just uh, tell us a little bit about uh, what you do. Sure. So um, I am a chef. I own a business called Simply Celeste. Um, we uh, offer fine dining um, experiences, private dining experiences for um, just pretty much anyone who enjoys fine dining. Uh, we've done some catering and private chef events for celebrities and very affluent people in the Valley. But we also, um, you know, just have really good food and we love it. We have something that's really special um, to Vermont is called the Vermont special. Yes. I'm saying it on the podcast. <laughs> oh my god! Name something after Vermont. Uh, I'll, I'll let Vermont explain wow. that part. Well, yeah, I uh, well, I was I was gonna talk hey, about. Hey, look, this later. you didn't have to do that. <laughs> you didn't have to do that. <laughs> it kind it So, Bob, forward. I've been uh, telling Celeste that uh, you know, as as the business grows. I expect at some point to have somewhere in the documents something called the Vermont special. Oh my gosh. And the Vermont special is I want to have the option to call at any point and say, please give me the Vermont special. And they say, yes, Mr. Pierre, we will give you whatever you need. And so then I just yep. say, you know, one of this, one of this, one of this, and they send it my way. I think, I think given how much I've clearly pastored Celeste over the years and cared for her and her family, um, that you know that this is just one way. Well, there's no doubt you've done that, but Celeste, my <laughs> advice is you, you, need, you need to get some money for that. Bob, thank you. That's not how this works, Bob. Right. Hey, the Vermont right. special is 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 based on you know just a simple phone call. That's that's yep. that's how yep. that works. Well, typically you don't have. So to it's ask not on the podcast that. anyway, Bob. Since you seem to be eager to talk right now, <laughs> let's let's introduce our next guest, uh, Bob Corian, uh, one of my uh, fellow pastor elders here at Roosevelt, but. Uh, uh, that's uh, not the only thing you do. Why don't you talk a little bit about uh, what you do, Bob? Well, yeah, I have a financial plan. We're CPAs and then we're financial advisors. So the topic of financial planning, retirement planning is something that I do a lot of. And obviously the complex uh, topic of money uh, and how a Christian handles it is something you always continue to learn. So I'm looking forward to our discussion. Yeah, so that gets us into to what we're going to talk about. Um, I think we talked this called this kingdom economics, which is a very sort of high in term, but clearly it, so, it sounds good for the podcast. So I guess, right? It sounds <laughs> good for good. the title. When you look, it's like, Oh, it's kingdom economics. Kingdom economics, right. Um, it sounds like a Christian educate, like a, a Christian university's yeah. marketing. Class. Gary North would be pleased with that. Economics <laughs> class. Kingdom economics. Kingdom economics. Um, 
but you know, we're on silent church podcast. So we want to sort of think about this in ways maybe that aren't typically thought about or talked about, or maybe sort of, um, we sort of are are happening, but we don't really directly address. And and so interesting you guys, uh, Celeste, you're up and coming, but you're working in in, in a world where people make a lot of money. Right. Um, and you you clearly want to do well in your business. Um, people are going to pay you for that. Um, Mm -hmm. and you want that to grow. Bob, I think it's, I can, I think we can say you've done well in your business. Um, you, and you care about money. You've, you help, you're helping people make money. Um, and so I think the angle in this, I'd be interested in sort of exploring is, you know, as, as Christians, what does it mean for us to make money? Uh, and really very specifically, is it okay to make a lot of money to, to pursue that deliberately intentionally? Um, I think there is, uh, it seems to me, at least I'm in circles where, People sort of, there's a little bit of like, yeah, maybe, right? Um, and then, you know, even when it gets into, okay, what you are allowed to spend your money on. Um, but we'll, we'll get a little bit into that. I mean, as you you guys think about this, Bob, I'm to start with you. Um, I mean, is it okay that you, you're you trying to make money? I mean, how do you feel about that? Well, you know, the, the, the Bible does have warnings. Uh, Proverbs 30, give me neither poverty nor riches. Mm-hmm. Um, and then First Timothy six, uh, I, I think, says uh, those who desire to get rich okay. can fall into a trap. So you know, we live in an economy. This isn't true in other places in the world, right? I live in an economy where, based upon uh, what you do, you might make a lot of money. Hmm. And so, to sort of not make that money when it's part of the, you know, if you're doing it uh, properly and ethically, and in, in the business you have, well. I see nothing wrong with that. I always forget if it's Charles or John Wesley said, uh, make all you can, give all you can, save all you can. And I've always thought that was a, a approach. I mean, that's the struggle, meaning if the more money becomes problems sometimes. Yeah. Particularly if more money, more problems. More problems, that's true. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing. Um, in fact, uh, I think it was J. Paul Getty, then the richest man in the world, uh, said after his fifth wife left him that wow. he, he found all of the money to be a, a burden. So hmm. uh, anyway, so money, yeah, with money does come problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you don't desire, don't desire to be rich, but it might come to you. And of course, what is rich, but, yeah. but uh, is another good question. So don't desire to be rich, but clearly, I mean, I, I think, I mean, you're trying to make profit, right? I mean, so right. you're trying to like, yes. inc- increase your profit. So what's the balance there? Like, it's not, I think we're, is that okay? Like to want to make like a good amount of profit? Yeah. I mean, the goal of a business is to be profitable. Um, but what I think about, um, when I think about like making money and things like that is, um, the scripture that says do everything unto the glory of God. I don't know what, what exact scripture that is, but, um, I think as long as you're doing things to the glory of God, um, He's going to bless you and and your business or your vocation in that. Mm-hmm. So I got I have a question in that regard, and we and Bob, I'm glad you brought this up. You mentioned it earlier when you talked about the desire to be rich, and so that that poses almost two questions. I I think it is a good question. What does it mean to be rich? Like when we talk about riches, what does that mean? But the desire to have or the desire to generate or the desire to acquire is that again. So I'll, I'll frame it from some of the neighborhoods I come from. A lot of guys who grew up in rough neighborhoods or who tried or who are trying to get out or 
um, are looking for opportunity are typically going to put it in, in the in the framework of, hey, man, I'm just trying to get money. Now, I do think that goes in a number of different directions. It's like, okay, you get money and then it's not necessarily one. It's not what you make. It's what you keep. But then it's when you get money, what do you do with it? Right. So that's a whole other part of it. And so I guess the first couple of things that I'm thinking about right now is like, what do we count as rich? And I get this idea of like America versus most of the world, not all of the world, but most of the world. But then the whole desire of acquiring that large sum, um, like how do you how do you think through that? What I think is um, about the scripture. I'm I'm really bad with with quoting particular scriptures, but it's okay, the, love, so like she just, the love of money is the root of all evil. So, so is your husband, what, by the way. He likes to quote. <laughs> I don't know huh? if you know, he likes to make up Bible verses. I don't know if you know this. <laughs> <laughs> like home is where the heart is. You know? <laughs> but go on. God right, helps so, those who help themselves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the love of money is the root of all evil. So if you're going after money just because you love it and you want the everything that comes with it, okay. then that's that's a problem. But I think if you're you know doing something that you love and you get money in the process, um, I think, I think that's okay. So like trying to get money just for the sake of just, so you could tell people you have money or just for the sake of just having it. Right. Yeah, like, like that's greed, when it becomes greed a, is, is, is a problem. So it's a key here, sort of, you know, basically making sure that you're, what you're doing is something you enjoy doing. Right. That you're good at doing. Is that, so Bob, you enjoy doing financial planning, um, that type of thing. I mean, unless you enjoy doing cooking. Right. Just the dimensions of that. Um, that that's, that helps maybe guard you to some degree. Exactly. Not, but this is, I won't go too far down this. I did, you know, there are scenarios where people sort of have to do just whatever they can, right. To make ends meet. But right. given the fact, given the scenario where you're able to pursue your passion, that's helpful to keep that at the center. But yeah, I mean, and pursuing your passion, um, you can and might make money. Right. Um, is there a point where it can become too much? Um, and I'm, not, I'm leaving that as an open question. It's interesting because I think that is a question. You know, I, people look at the different sort of wealth disparities we have in our country. You know, but some people would say, "Well, you know, they worked hard, so Amazon works hard. No, Jeff Bezos worked hard, so he makes a lot of money, makes billions of dollars, right? Mm-hmm. What's wrong with that?" Um, others would say, "Well, you know, at what point is it too much?" That's a very open question. Yeah, um, is that maybe more of a personal thing? Um, and maybe it just gets into your like your thing, Bob, in terms of like whether it's too much gets into what you do with it. Well, I do think that's the only answer. That, for example, take it. You mentioned Amazon, and Amazon. You know how much more billions did that owner make? Uh, partly because of COVID. Now, mm-hmm. you know what was he supposed to do? Uh, not make it. Uh, you know the question that he would have, and I have no idea what his profession of faith is or isn't, but the question he would have as all of us have uh, as uh, children of God is what, what is he going to do with it? What's right. its stewardship? So in that sense, I don't think when, when someone says you can make too much money, I mean, you can have too much, I guess you can spend too much, but, but um, it's very, I mean, what's the answer to that? I mean, does the government tax it all away or do they force you to give it all away? Any of the, any of the answers to that problem uh, to me is far worse than, than uh, the issue itself. So I don't know how you, 
uh, would would sort of legislate that. Nor do I think you should. Okay. The question now, uh, I talk to young couples, and uh, for example, you know, we value. Uh, different professions very differently financially, not always fairly, but you know, if you want to be a social worker, well, you don't have to worry about getting rich. Um, <laughs> it's, it's probably not going to happen. Uh, and in some cases there, I know people have thought about it. Uh, you mentioned your passion. Sometimes you can have a passion, let's say to be a social worker and you crunch the numbers with what, and uh, I know a couple of social workers, including including a daughter who, you know, the, the money, amount of money they make is uh, very, very meager. I don't know how you would support a, a family, a middle class, on middle class with yeah. the, with the typical. So that might even affect your vocation where your passion is put aside in order to, uh, to fulfill your responsibility to your, yeah. your family. Do you consciously think of like the money that you make year, year to year and okay, how much of it you're going to keep? How much are we going to spend? How much is that sort of a conscious thing you're, you're working through, Bob? Yeah. And the people, some of the higher income, higher net worth people we work with, sometimes they, they'll set goals. For example, they'll, they'll cap their net worth. They'll say, okay, mm. here's what it is. Interesting. And, and typically these are people over 55. I mean, unless you're, I mean, there's the billionaire world out there. I don't work in that world, but, mm. but uh, even people successful typically before you're about 50, uh, you haven't saved a lot of money. You've got kids, uh, you've got uh, mm. you know, school costs, you've got uh, college, et cetera. Um, but sometimes between 50 and say 65 is when a lot of accumulation can occur. And so they'll cap their net worth and say, uh, listen, I want to make as much as I can because that's the business I'm in. I, I want to be a good ethical businessman. But if I make millions of dollars, then uh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to run a bad business just to make less. Mm. Uh, and so uh, I'll give it away. Mm. Uh, and I know some people have made that commitment or they'll say again, once they've had a, you know, a, a, a nice lifestyle that I won't increase my lifestyle without also increasing my giving. Okay. Uh, they'll have some sort of uh, rules uh, that, that they've, huh. they've got to make, they've got to make that decision themselves. Yeah. I don't think, we can do that. I mean, we can read passages like the first Timothy six for those mm -hmm. who want to get rich. I think that's the danger. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's always an issue of stewardship after that. Yeah. Um, you know, James and I like, uh, shoes, right? I think we could say that. <laughs> it always comes down to that part. That's the part that I was sort of thinking about is like the expressions of, yeah. because everybody's well, got different perspectives. On well, that. yeah, this is, you know, I was joking with you about this, Bob, like, you know, uh, I like technology and things like that. So I always notice stuff like that. Um, is it okay for me to like want to have, drive a Tesla, for example, right? Well, as that's a, a good one. As a pastor, right? Um, you know, and obviously you that's, talk that's about a, this at your house. Yeah, that's a, that's at a bigger level, you know, then there's, you know. And we had decided no Vermontus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank yeah. you for, thank you for that. <laughs> but, you know, it's interesting because, um, you know, maybe in some ways, you know, for me, my vocation, I, I do, I just is maybe me saying this, I, I think the examples of, of pastors tr making money off their vacation have not gone well. Right? So by mm. making money, I mean like making outrageous amount of money. I'm, I'm not saying uh, pastors shouldn't be paid well, but you know, when you're sort of like in multimillionaire status as a pastor, I think that's problematic. Um, Private jets. Yes. Um, that oh being gosh. said, uh, I'd be curious um, for you guys uh, as you, do you sort of, yeah, how, how do you, what do you think about it in terms of just that balance? You sort of alluded to this, Bob, that balance of, um, you know, enjoying the money that you make, right? Um, and 
you know, how, how ostentatious, ostentatious can you be with it? I mean, I think the Bible seems to speak against a certain type of, you know, ostentationist, but there's clearly examples of wealthy people in the Bible, right? Today, you know, the, People who owned uh, the, the houses that people met in for churches, for churches, house churches. Those the owners of those houses were definitely wealthy. Clearly, had you know, I've, I've been in Ephesus and seen like the kind of houses they would have had. So, is there? I mean, Celeste, for you, um, obviously, you guys, uh, um, you want to do well, and um, we know John likes to go on vacations. So, do I? <laughs> <laughs> is, are you, you know, are you allowed to do that? Like, how much money? You know, do you? Is that a you know, is there a, is there a stuff? I'd be curious. I mean, well, I'm going to ask it. Like, let's say, yeah, uh, Simply Celeste, right? Uh, does well. Um, it grows. Uh, you have the ability to do bigger and better vacations. Is there a point where you're like, okay, we, let's be careful how much we do this? Um, I mean, I don't see that seems far off, but mm-hmm. it, it maybe maybe we can pick something smaller in terms of just, you know. I mean, but that flame is on, though. That, yeah. Those those bookings keep coming more and more and more. Bobby, so. Bob mentioned it as like sort of, you know, if I'm going to spend, I should be giving as sort of this balance right. to that. Right. Is that something, a factor for you guys? Yeah, I was, I would um, definitely say so. Um, what, what I thought about when Pastor Bob was, was talking uh, just now is um, to do everything unto the glory of God and just being good stewards of our, our finances and just, you know, praying Paying over like our finances and our budgets and things like that, and just really just being good stewards. So, yeah, so we've been floating around that word stewardship. So, what does that mean for someone who wants to make money? Um, it means to be a good steward requires prayer. So that's one thing. Right. So we're we're trusting that um, as you legitimately pursue doing well, making money, prayer helps sort of govern that. Are there other things, maybe even very practical things, that that help help that? I mean, part of that's going to have to go into like the actual business operation when you think stewardship. And so, you know, the stories and in, in that Jesus tells about the shrewd managers. There's one in particular that that has always piqued my interest and maybe either one of you could could speak to this. But when Jesus says that the sons of darkness are more shrewd than the sons of light. And so he then says, make sure you make friends by means of unrighteous wealth. That's typically one of the passages that I think about when it comes to making money in today's world. Um, Bob, have you ever thought through that? That especially as it comes to when you think about stewardship, part of that is a shrewdness in like how you think about managing resources and what you use them for. You know, do you put them in something that's going to make even more? Right, like the parable of the talents. I'm giving you this money. Go turn a profit. Like I'm, I'm telling you to go do that. Uh, but understanding the nature of the world, but the, the opportunities that you have to use money for, for other things. How do you, how do you think about stuff like that? And does that, does that speak to stewardship as a, again, cause stewardship is not a term that I think we're uncommon with. Um, but the way we think about stewardship, is that maybe something that, um, are there other ways to think about it that we may not have thought about before? Well, that's certainly a uh, challenging verse uh, from a, a couple of different perspectives. But but my understanding of that is that, uh, I mean, you, I guess you could read that as Jesus saying that wealth is unrighteous or wrong. That would seem to... That's not, that's not, I don't think to, that's how I would... To, to contradict other, you know, other, other yeah. emphasis of the Bible. So I think he's actually um, basically saying... Uh, people of the world can be more shrewd than people of faith. 
and ultimately in the context of ethics and, mm-hmm. and doing what's right, um, use your influence uh, for for good. Yeah, that influence isn't just money. It could be your station in life. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe you're a you know in the in the government and you have a high place and you have a role. You can change laws that are unjust or. Maybe, you know, whatever you're in, you're, you're in some position where you can use your uh, experience and uh, education. So I think he's actually commending uh, the proper use yeah. of, of wealth. See, I, I like that because what you push the store towards then is it seems like having, getting power, wealth, whatever privilege you have, those type of things, um, and maybe I can even say almost shrewdly pursuing them is not a bad thing to the degree in which you use it for what's good. So I do think that does then put a check on then what you, what you do with it, what you do with it, yeah. that there probably should be limits, right? Like if I know I like Jordans, but like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but frankly, yeah, if James walked into my house, I had like two, three rooms in my house just set to, you know, Jordan, like just all the shoes I have. Like, I don't, I don't think I've been using my power and money. Well, again, I'm not, Again, because of uh, we're not, um, I think the gospel gives us great freedom, and so mm-hmm. I think we want to be careful. I'm not going to be like, well, you know, you, you can have you know five pairs of Jordans, but six, you're done, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but maybe it's one of those like you sort of know when you're like, okay, wait a second, right? yeah. like you've gone, you're you're beginning to not just pursue wealth, pursue wealth for your own benefit. I like that way of sort of thinking. Um, it almost allows you to aggressively pursue wealth. But then for the sake of doing good, I think good could look like a lot of different things. It could be giving jobs to people, right? Um, yeah. You know, being able to hire more people at your, your business. It could be providing a service at an affordable rate for people, right? That maybe is not previously provided. It could also be giving, right? Giving mm-hmm. towards other people. But I think that, that allows that more to happen. I, I have a question about, about that. I, I can't remember who I heard say it, but there was a thought that, someone's capacity to generate wealth or a large sum of capital for themselves sometimes can be measured by the value they brought uh, to the world. And so in a sense, the market sort of tells you, you know, money, sometimes it's a measure of value. Have you brought something of value to the market? The market's responding by paying you, you know, for that product or service, et cetera. Um, and so when we think about all the different ways that you can use money, and really if it comes down to what you do with it, we did have a question uh, about how the church specifically, almost as an institution, can think through that. Because um, I remember being in the conversation, um, we were like in like a consulting meeting, and um, the thought came up of different ways that the church could bring a kind of value that could generate income for for itself that then can be used for all sorts of purposes, you know? Um, and so and we've done a project like that when we tried to do uh, the affordable housing. And so I wonder if we can get into that conversation about those ways of thinking about pursuing wealth or generating income or trying to raise capital in the forms that, again, sometimes feels a little tense when you're like, hey, no, we're trying to come up with $10 million or $50 million or to even say that and not have that sense of like, can I, can I talk about that in, in the context of like Christian living, yeah. you know, yeah, like church community almost. 
Well, I mean, so you said in terms of, um, well, you sort of said a couple of things there in context of Christian living. I mean, we, I think we, we talked about sort of as individuals, right? Mm-hmm. Um, aggressively pursuing wealth for the sake of doing good. Can the same thing apply more broadly? Right. So as a so like the gathering church, like yeah. can Roosevelt community church itself I mean, have a goal to say, Hey, we one day want to have X number of dollars. We want to make or generate or in some sense, can, is that, is that a bad thing? Is that something that, and if it creates tension, I'm, I guess the question in my mind is why does it create tension? You know? Well, uh, that's a good, that's an important question. I mean, I would say, no, it's not a bad thing. As long as you have a plan for it that you think uh, is responsible before God. I mean, yeah. if you, you might talk about large corporations. Uh, it might, it might be, I don't know the exact numbers that a company like Microsoft or Apple mm-hmm. needs a billion dollars of cash mm-hmm. in order to be responsible to its suppliers, to its employees. Mm-hmm. So you can't isolate that and say, wow, why would anybody need a billion dollars? Right. It's got to be in the context that's, of, of, uh, of that's the really, business itself. Really good. Yeah. Um, you mentioned too, um, uh, about uh, people being paid, paid their, what they contribute Mm-hmm. That brings up the most interesting question, probably beyond our scope, is is that is uh, is there a form of uh, government, you know, or a form of economic uh, capitalism, socialism that's better? Certainly, in the United States, you might call it modified capitalism. We we, we reward that. I remember reading an article; it's dated now. I think it was when LeBron James went back to Cleveland, and it's dated because his salary was twenty five million. Now I think the salaries are like forty. <laughs> And the article yeah. kind of caught me by surprise, but it, it, it was something like the headline was why LeBron James is underpaid at mm. 25 million a year. Hmm. And this guy went through an impressive list of what he did, what he would do, what he did the first time with the economy of Cleveland mm-hmm. and said, given, you know, what he's getting paid over what he brings to, you know, the businesses and other people, uh, he's not overpaid. In fact, you could argue he's underpaid. I thought that was striking. Now, you know, it is kind of challenging uh, the, oh. the, the what 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 ball players are making today to to, yeah. to think anybody's underpaid. But but uh, yeah, the value he, he brought the value right. Um, at least you know if this article is accurate, and um, so that's challenging. I think it's important. That's why I don't think you can you can have a hard and fast rule. It's always an issue of um, your conscience before God. Um, the question of where your heart is. I mean, obviously there's very yeah. severe, severe warnings. And I no doubt that probably most of us have, have violated this uh, maybe multiple times yeah. that we can, you know, we can replace the God with the pursuit of money. Yeah. And by the way, yeah. that, that can happen to people who are quite rich and really don't need any more as well, as well as people who are, who are poor and do need so much, the pursuit of money uh, as an idol certainly is a warning. Uh, and that's why this is a complex topic. Yeah. I have, I have two questions. Uh, one, Celeste, I'm super interested in just goals. Cause again, you're an entrepreneur, you're building a business and it's growing like more and more affluent clientele are finding you. They taste your cooking and then they're telling more people about you. And so when it comes to, the goals you set from a revenue perspective, from a money perspective, you're just like, man, I, I would love to make this much money because this is really how I view my life one day. Um, that 
I, I'd, I'd be interested to hear that. And then the second one is more so about what the pursuit looks like. And, and I guess I'm thinking more in terms of like lessons, like how, how should people pursue or think about what this pursuit is? Because when you're getting a job, you, you usually have some sort of goal in mind. Like, oh, I want to make a certain amount because either I want some new, maybe I want some new shoes, but like, I also want to, you know, make some things change in the world and I need money to do that, you know? So, uh, first like Celeste, I'd love to just from a goal perspective and just like, how do you think through like how much money you'd love to make because of the way you, you want to impact the world, uh, with what you're doing? So, um, for my revenue goals, the first thing I wanted to be able to do was just replace my income that I had at the, the other job that I had prior to becoming a full-time entrepreneur, so just trying to replace that income was the first thing. And then because you love cooking that much, you just, I just yeah. want to cook full time. Yeah. 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 So that was, that was the first goal. And then um, just trying to think about uh, what, what financial goals we have within our family with uh, myself and my husband. Um, so that's really what, what drove my revenue goals for the business is just thinking through, um, you know, how much I was making before and then, what our financial goals are between the two of us. So we want to pay off um, some debt that we have. And um, just thinking through like biblically, you don't, uh, the borrower is a slave to the lender. Um, so okay, that's drop that knowledge. <laughs> Bible verses, you know. <laughs> <laughs> she got verses. <laughs> Bars. <laughs> so um, yeah, that's, that's one of our goals that we have. And it's just in line with what the Bible says. But then and you I like wanted, travel I too? wanted to kind of caveat and just take, take the conversation to another uh, direction. But I think about like being a business owner and just having integrity within your business. So um, with that, it's like a lot of people, they pursue wealth uh, with, with, um, like ill intentions in mm-hmm. mind, but just being a Christian and just being a business owner, just having integrity in your business is really Im- important um, to me. And I, I, I believe it'd be important to other Christians as well. So like in the sense of if, as long as you have a pure intent, I read an article way back in like 2008 that, that it was like, it said something along the lines of like, trust God and do what you want. Because there was always this sense of like, you know, what's God's will? What what do I do? Can I do this? Should I go in this direction? What's God's will for my? It was it was around that conversation, uh, and I wonder if this is is there a similarity here in regards to if you go into business or if you get a job or or if um, or if you just have any kind of intention to make some 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 right some s o m e some s u m of money. Um, if you go into it with some level of it, some level with integrity, with, um, with some level of biblical insight and like wisdom, does it matter how much money you make or like, does it matter? Does it matter how you it's we're back to the pursuit question of like, how do you, how can people actually think about pursuing money? Like, what does that actually look like? Like, what are some takeaways that they have to where it's just like, Hey, Go, go get as much money as you want, but keep these few things in mind, right? Like you talked about some of the warnings, Bob, but I wonder about some other like specific ones. Well, yeah, I mean, I think if I can, if you guys agree, what I'm, what I've heard from them is um, 
Yeah, I think it's it's encouraging to hear this. I think yes, go and you can go and make money and do really well and try to seek well try try to try to do really well and be profitable. Uh, you know, try to get as many clients as you can, uh, Celeste, and, and grow the business. Bob, uh, continue to expand and um, uh, and yeah, and grow in, in, in your ability to do that. Right, so there's an encouragement to do that, but I think then the biblical category of stewardship pushes us in the direction of, uh, from hearing from you guys, I mean, do all things to the glory of God, right? And so to do things that God would honor God and what you do. So um, if your way of making wealth back in, you know, um, yeah, if your way of making wealth is like sex trafficking, like that's not, that's not legitimate, right? I mean, well, that's, that's pretty, that's pretty extreme. That's, yeah, you're right. That's an extreme <laughs> example. But I mean, but you know, actually just actually brings up some interesting things. I think there's some ways of making wealth that might be a little bit more problematic, right? Um, in t- sort of areas of business, right? That you could do. Can right? we talk about those? Like, um, what would be some areas? It's like well, when hey, we fin- when we sort of when we when we, when we finish what I was going to say here, because okay. um, yeah, I'm willing, I'd love to explore that. But um, to do all things for the glory of God, it seems uh, as one thing you guys mentioned, you know, tied to that is having integrity mm-hmm. uh, and consistency and sort of some type of um, ethical ethics related to right. that. Um, yeah. And so, yeah. and I th- if I could add a te- integrity. Integrity in all areas of your life. So I think if you're making wealth, it means that like you you don't have integrity in your marriage anymore. You don't have integrity mm. in your parenting. Not even defined, not just even by like, okay, you're not, not just like, I'm not going to cheat on my spouse, but also am I actually investing in my marriage? Mm. You know, if it's coming at the expense of that, that would be bad, right? That's one. So that's another sort of check it seems I'm hearing from you guys. And then another thing I think I heard from you guys um, is that sort of like, I think you're the one who sort of put it out there, Bob, is this idea of doing good, right? That... Mm, um, what you do with it, what you do with it seems, that yeah. seems to be the really the big thing. Like it's, that you do have a, as you, as you make more that you are very much more consciously thinking, how can I do good and good can be defined broadly. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I, th- I think, I, I think it's, it's, it should be giving, it should definitely be giving, but not just that yeah. it can be other things as well. What's the good that God wants you to do? Is that sort of, I think, th- I think those are sort of ways to justify making money if i can put it that way yeah yeah um but can is it just justify making money or actually motivate you to make money the sense of like and and maybe that's maybe this is the thing that i keep trying to get at there always seems to be the sense of when christians make money we have to come up with the reason as to why we made this money and it's like are, are there encouragements just to go no you actually need to go out there and make money and again i'm thinking things like community development when there are justice issues and like they need money to, you know, how do you create a new system, right? If, if certain structures that exist in any economy are not good, if you want to rebuild an educational system, how do you do that? You need to pay teachers and you got to find a building and somebody's going to want their lease paid. And like, right, somebody has to make that money to put that there. And so the, the, the two questions are, one, what does it mean to do good with the money that you make? Like giving people examples of that, of, hey, what are creative ways right not the same ones like give but like how like are there are there other creative ways that people haven't thought of like hey here's some creative investment opportunities here's you can build new organizations you could again create new things and the internet's you know done a whole world of that so that's one part then the other side is like hey what are some of these markers that are like hey if these specific things are happening you may want to reevaluate how you're making money because if it is driving your marriage in the ground yeah you need to reevaluate that. Yeah, I think the Bible sort of, I want to answer the latter, but then I, Bob, I'd be curious to hear you sort of answer the, the first part of what he said, which is, you know, because you, you work with a lot of different people, Christians, what kind of good do they, how have they done with their money? <clears throat> I think, uh, 
I like the way you pose that. I mean, I think it just immediately, I would say, you know, what immediately jumps out to mind to me is like any, any way of making money that dishonors the Imago Dei, that demonizes mm-hmm. people, mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> that makes people, treats people sort of not as people anymore, but as objects or um, machines, as machines, or something like that. I think that, I think that can become very problematic. Um, so I think that might limit what you do, what you don't do. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean that's sort of this one big one that sticks out. I mean, there's probably there's others certainly. Yeah. Um, I think you know, I think anything that yeah does just related to that that doesn't uh, encourage love of neighbor, right? right. Yeah. Um, I think it could be. I think we should make we should be asking questions even if we're making a lot of money. Um. So yeah, so I mean I think the other another thing is a number of other things as well. I think the Bible sort of um, helps us sort of think of anything that contributes to we want to do things that contribute to human flourishing, things that don't contribute to human flourishing. We want to reevaluate. We should reevaluate. Yeah. On the positive end, Bob, I mean, what are, do you have examples of, of people or, um, you know, the name names, but just people um, who you think have done well sort of as they make money, um, thinking creatively how they do good with it? Uh, yes, I do. Now, again, keep in mind, too, uh, that, that when we talk about sort of doing good and, on a macro level, we probably are talking about a very small percentage of people who are at that, that point. Yeah. I mean, the reality is, is that, uh, let me just use a CPA firm since I'm familiar. You start with a CPA firm, you start as a, a junior, become a senior, you become a supervisor, you become a manager. Those salary ranges are pretty well set by the economy, by competition. Mm. And so in those positions, um, your salary range is pretty much set. So you really can't go out and make more money than that. Now, once you become a partner or an owner, so then that leads to the next statement and that most of the excess wealth, if I can put it that way, mm-hmm. in America is because of small business. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's an interesting then as a young person thinks about what they want to do, uh, do they want to go in business for themselves? While not all businesses make a lot of money, um, some of them do. And that's really the only way that you can start making uh, these excess numbers. Come on, Celeste. <laughs> Man, I'm I'm all for Celeste doing well. Ramon special, here we come. Keep going, my sorry. Yeah. Now, I, to some extent, that uh, the very very basic would just be to to uh, support your local church um, right. and support other ministries. Yeah. And you can you can spend your life just doing that. You know, statistics would show that the average giving rates are like three percent, four percent. You know. Uh, even if you approach it from a tithe standpoint, which I don't, but if you did, well, a tithe is 10%. Mm-hmm. So we have a lot of work to do, I think, for for most of us just to deal with what it means to be generous um, with whatever income we, we, we get. And uh, obviously for those people who, who really do have an excess, I think there's a lot of examples that you see um, where they, they would uh, fund kinds of things, like college scholarships, mm. Um, uh, other, you know, other kinds of things that are really quite expensive, but very helpful paying off debt for people, Mm. uh, giving large gifts to, to institutions that, uh, that do good. Uh, so yeah, that does happen. I think it does happen in our economy uh, a lot. And, um, and, uh, even in the billionaire club, and I was trying to say, you know, that's a very, very small, right. There's this push, uh, um, that, that, uh, you know, you don't need a billion dollars and so start using it. Uh, for for the the good of uh, of of the world of the economy of yeah. of the country, um, you've been and I mean 
if I can, if it's all right, if we give one practical example, I mean, you've been involved in helping, I don't know if you helped start it or certainly support it. Is it, um, Scapel of the Cross? Is that what it's called? The yeah, it is called that. I didn't start it, but I'm on the board of that. Yeah. What was your What was your Well, yeah, I mean, I think that's a good example in terms of obviously, I think you're intentionally yeah. involved in helping support that. Yeah. Um, and and so that's like an example I think of. And is I that? just um, do you want to explain what that is? Well, sure. And then th- that's a good example because when I first got, I'm on the board because I'm good friends with the person who did start it, who's an orthopedic surgeon, and he he felt uh, grew up. He spent some time in South America. Felt called to help a particular city uh, of uh, Peruvian Indians in Pucallpa, Peru. Mm. And, um, you know, at first I thought, well, you know, they're doing surgery for free. And then I realized the more I've I've been there a couple of times and heard that uh, in terms of the economy, of that economy, uh, last time I was there, um, uh, we went to a hospital, visited a hospital, and there was a fellow lying in a bed and um, with a broken leg. And he had a, 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 a bag of uh, screws that his family had bought at the local hardware store because you have to bring your own prosthetics when you do orthopedic surgery there. That, that's the level of it. Wow. And the doctor, now this is all in Spanish interpreted to me, the doctor said these aren't even the right screws, so they've got to get the right screws. How long has he been there? Well, he's been there for six weeks lying in this bed. What? This fellow may not get that surgery, or uh, if he does, it may be so late that he's lame, and then at that mm-hmm. point, he can't make a living. So it really increases the cycle of poverty. So we're looking to raise money now to to build the the only prosthetics clinic in Pucallpa uh, in terms of having good prosthetics uh, that, that people can use who have been injured so that they can get back to work. And so you might see it as just mm. uh, luxury surgery, but but in many places it's not. So, you know, I think that's an example where where um, um, it's important sometimes to have uh, what yeah. would seem like a luxury to uh, that yeah. really is, is needed uh, to help a family. Yeah. So I wanted to uh, tie things back to what Ramon was saying about um, being ethical and, and practices and making sure you know, you're following what's in line with what the Bible says and the scriptures say and kind of what you were saying, James, as far as um, the uh, giving back to the community and things like that. So I think that as business owners and just as people in general, Christians, um, that we should give back to the community and create spaces where um, people can kind of, um, people can, uh, what am I trying to say? So give back in spaces where people, there's a need for different things that may not be there. Like, for example, for me, like, I think I want to create like a kitchen, like a commercial kitchen where people who have nice. businesses um, that may not have the proper uh, licensures and things like that so that they can get licensed to be caterers or chefs here in the Valley. So just creating different things like that. And as far as for um, being ethical, um, just following practices that are not, um, you know, going against what scripture says as far as, um, like steal, you don't want to be stealing or lying or doing anything like that. Like I had a situation, um, actually yesterday where some, I was uh, a chef for somebody and then someone, someone, um, had said like, Oh, well you can just take this or do that. And I'm just like, no, that's not in line with what my beliefs are and things like that. So just always, you know, practicing integrity in your business. Yeah. And I feel like that would speak to 
the people in that space too, because if it is super common that it's like, Oh, you just take this little thing here, take the little thing there. And you at least have the wherewithal to go. No, that's, that's not what I do. That's not what I do. Right. Christian. Therefore that's not what I'm going to do as a businesswoman. Uh, and then the kind of influence that that can have. I, I, the thing I, I appreciate about that, especially with the kitchen idea is to say, if you right now, especially being in the, the building phase of your own business, which Bob, you were saying is like one of the best ways, if you're going to create any kind of excessive income for yourself, it's typically going to come in. Hey, if you have excess, maybe start a small business. And then through that, you're going to have more opportunity to create any kind of excessive level of money that you can then parlay into other things for good, like creating a kitchen that other people can use if they don't have access to the kinds of commercial properties that they need in order to then start their own catering or, you know, food service company in the same sense. Like I, I love ideas like that. And I, I yeah. guess in my mind is Christians having more ideas. Cause one, I, I feel like the, we do need to do more work in the sense of like Christians just giving and, and being more generous in that sense. But then the motivation of saying like, Oh, that practice can build a pattern for the way I can then just see other people so that if I am out in Peru or in my own neighborhood, like there are neighborhoods all over and every city in America where you have these pockets of like, man, there's an opportunity to build a new gym here, a new kitchen here, a new clinic here, a new, you know, school here. And that, and maybe that pattern of giving, if, if that becomes a better pattern then the way that we think about the money we make is just sort of better framed. So we are always thinking about, well, one, God's work as a collective community, we get in a pattern of that. We have more resources to do things as a community that gathers in one local place. But then me in general, I can find other ways that if I have some excess, if I'm a CPA or I'm in software or somebody works at a bank, as I go up in levels, I can start thinking about the ways I can maybe like, you know, not siphon, but really budget the, the money that I'm making to think about a small business or to maybe invest in something else so that maybe one day I can find myself sort of like re almost like rebuilding a community through creative means like that. And that's the kind of like, how do Christians become to think more creatively about money so that we are just, we, we then become new forces in the world where it's like, hey, even the way that we're doing economics comes from a kingdom perspective and not just something we learned from another business, you know, a business. Oh, Microsoft did that. So let me do it. Oh, Apple did that. So let me do it. Versus like, you know, we have a king who we believe owns everything. And he's saying, hey, I've given you talent and resources. Go turn a profit. And now we can look at the world and go, oh, there are other examples out there. How can I be more creative with my own specific like passions and skill sets and where can I find those opportunities? Um, yeah. You, so I, Oh, I'm go sorry. Ahead. But, okay. Um, so I kind of think from what you were saying, James is like, so we're going out here, we're making these opportunities, new things happen in the community. It kind of makes me think about like evangelism as far as um, people seeing like, Hey, these people are doing something that's different. Like what, what, what is it about them? that makes them want to do that. And that, that creates a space for evangelism and sharing the gospel with people too. Come on, Celeste. That's what I'm saying. What are you about to say, Bob? Well, a couple of things. Uh, one is uh, I think coming full circle, James, you had asked the question near the beginning of the program, something like, is it, is it wrong 
to to make a lot of money, mm-hmm. uh, or in that sense, to want to make a lot of money. I think the fine line is the the warnings lust mentioned is uh, the Bible says the love of money right. that's replacing right. uh, replacing you know God with something that's uh, that's just a, a medium a function. Uh, or um, desiring it to get rich, First Timothy six, you falling in a snare and a trap. Right. But those two warnings aside, and those are very serious warnings. Mm-hmm. Uh, ultimately, um, uh, making a lot of money can give you a chance to do a lot of good. Yeah. It was Sam Walton, founder of uh, Walmart, who said uh, he, he never had any idea that he would make the kind of money that it turned out to be. Mm. He just loved what he was doing. Yeah. And uh, it came to him, and, and his advice, someplace I read, was uh, find something that you like to do and then do it well. I, again, That's though, nice. yeah. in economy, um, and this is where God's providence comes in. Mm-hmm. If you want to be a social worker or or an elementary school teacher, mm-hmm. uh, you're just not going to make a lot of money. And that doesn't mean the jobs aren't valuable yeah. uh, at all. And, uh, they are valuable. It just means that uh, that's just not going to be your station in life. And I think Christians have to be content with what that means. Not not everybody's going to, uh, uh, it, not everybody's going to make a lot of money, and yeah. indeed, uh, probably they shouldn't. You know, there's been studies done yeah. that yeah. that um, once you get under a certain level, the numbers change, of course, based on where you live. Under a certain level of income, uh, your happiness factor. This is sort of a secular study, but your happiness factor is reduced because you're, you're, you know, you can't afford your car payment or whatever. Once you get over another level, uh, your happiness is reduced again because uh, money causes a lot of trouble if you're not, if you don't know how to use it. Yeah. So, and I think that too, this is where Christian community becomes important. So the social worker, the teacher might not make a lot of money, um, but maybe the Christian who's in the same community with them, who does make a lot of money, um, uses their money for the good of, of, Supporting the good of the social worker and the teacher, right. maybe by you know, providing scholarships for kids to attend that school, right. um, helping to um, you know, subsidize a, a program by which uh, people can meet with the social worker and all those type of things. Yeah. I think in that way too. So I mean, in many ways, I mean, I think ultimately we're saying for those who are able to make money, go and make that money, but do before God, for God, mm-hmm. um, do it in a way that accomplishes good beyond just yourself. Um, yeah, that's good. And, and, course and prayer helps balance all those different things yeah that's great so there's one more thing that i wanted to kind of add for that um the scripture that says too much to whom much is given much is required so Mm. i kind of feel like that kind of goes along with what we're saying so what what does everyone think about that as far as like money and and what we're talking about yeah I, i think I think it probably is the best way to sum up what everybody has been saying, because again, I, I default oftentimes to the parable of the talent and the minus, because it seems so like the, the manager left and to a servant said, Hey, here are measures of value, right? Here's something that I'm depositing with you that I'm leaving with you and saying, Hey, when I come back, I'm engaged in profit. It says exactly like go turn a profit. It's one of it's probably one of the most motivating passages to me when it comes to this topic, probably because of my own history in regards to conversations around money in Christian spaces where they are. For me, there always seemed to be this tension. Like, is it is it OK, really, for me to like, like, is it OK? And again, granted, I grew up in a space where I do like 
nice shoes. Now, like you said, like there's a rule. I was like, if I, and this is me personally, if I buy a new pair of shoes, I try to give one away because I, I don't want to, I don't want to build a collection because one of the other verses in my mind is the, is Jesus saying like, don't store up treasures where, where thieves can steal and, and it can rust and moth can like that, that passage in my mind also rings very loudly to go, Hey, don't, don't get caught storing up like Luke 15 and the rich fool. Like, I don't want to be the guy who, Hey, the land produces abundantly. And in that time, that's a good thing. It's like, man, the Lord blessed your land. But now what are you doing with it? You're just going to sit on it and be like, Hey, I'm going to chill and just rest. And it's like, no, that that's the thing that God says, no, that's foolish. Um, and so those warnings I think are real. Um, but at the same time, understanding that, Hey, God is the one who's given you this capacity and he's doing that to say, Hey, at the end of the day, it's thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so if people aren't getting a better sense of what God is like, then that's the thing in my mind that's going, okay, maybe I need to reevaluate this. And that's, that's the sense that I get from, Hey, to whom much is given much more is required. Um, yeah. So, I mean, we might be a one talent, a five talent or a 10 talent right. person. And again, a lot of that depends on where you live. I mean, there's a lot of people who have this lived and died who had no opportunity uh, to get more education, no opportunity to make a lot of money. So, so again, God's providence really affects it all. Hey, it seems like you and Vermont have a problem with shoes. What size? I want to help you out if I can. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I, <laughs> well, you, want, you want to do good with your money and, you know, benefit me with, uh, with shoes. Is that hey, what? I'm, a, hey, I'm buying other people's shoes these days. So I'm like, I'm, that is true. I'm, I'm looking for reasons to buy other people's shoes. Yeah. For people who like that sort you of thing. You know, in the Pierre household, that is a big topic of it's conversation. It's a thing. I know. You know, Judah. Sorry, I'm creating was, tensions. Judah was, do, no, Judah was doing a workout uh, yesterday because he heard that, you know, uh, <laughs> you talked to Maya that like, hey, you know, you do this sort of push-up challenge and uh, maybe, maybe. So Judah's like, well, maybe he'll do that for me. So he's busy <laughs> like running. <laughs> well, again, the thought was, and and again, it, in my mind, I'm always thinking like levels of connection. And so I just heard, I heard through the grapevine that this was a thing that my liked and cared about. And I was like, hey, because it's a unique passion, and I'm like, hey, I like this too. And it, it aligns in that regard. I go, oh, that's a great point of connection. Hey, if you do this, then I'll. But again, in my mind, it's just, I think the thing that you said about evangelism was, was really key. Um, because oftentimes the conversation around evangelism is like, hey, do you know who Jesus is? But sometimes the entry point of that conversation or the access point is because of just some kind of work, some sort of presence that you have. Uh, and I don't know, and maybe I can speak to this, how many times people consider the business that you do, the way that you created this kind of work environment as being that kind of evangel evan evangelistic presence, right? Where it's like, man, you're such a good business owner. And, you know, obviously maybe in the work, in the marketplace that'll happen, but to think you make that kind of impact in the community, so that somebody comes to you and goes, man, I, 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 we're better off here because y'all are here. Like, how did y'all think through that? And that be the opportunity that you get to go and say, Hey, like, because of who I believe in, like Jesus has given me this capacity and God, as our father says, Hey, you can have that same thing also, you know, or you can be in a relationship with him or you can be a part of this. And the only reason we're here is because we've gotten that same kind of grace and lavish from him. Right. And I think that's great. Well, thank you guys. Thank you for this discussion. Uh, really helpful. Um, yeah, and uh, you know, 
many of you guys who've been listening to the podcast, just encourage you, um, you know, continue the discussion, um, engage with us, uh, comment, like, share, uh, email us. Uh, we'd love to sort of continue thinking through topics like this and others. If you have ideas, uh, we'd love as we sort of uh, continue on in this particular season of Unsilent Church Podcast, other things that uh, we don't want to be silent about and we want to explore and think through. But yeah, um, Celeste, Bob, thank you for, for being here. Thank you. Um, I guess I'm the one to say it, right? Say uh, it. <laughs> uh, as is often said in our podcast, love God, love people. We're out. We'll see you later.